1: And welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit at Facebook. You know where to find us, you know where to listen to us. Download the PODcast from all of your favorite devices on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google P- Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. When I say devices, I mean platforms because I am the adequate host, Christopher Fett, at Christopher Fett on Twitter. And adequate means uh, I screw up a lot. And Watch us live on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit, where you can be part of our live studio audience, throwing in subs, sounding off alerts, annoying YouTube on the replay, doing all kinds of fun stuff and chatting us up during breaks because this is we call this a podcast, but minimal editing required for the for us. We are radio professionals on the Internet. Radio professional here with me, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, the managing editor of Pride of Detroit, and spigot of information,
2: all things Lions. Hello, Jeremy. How's it going? I I, I guess I have another hyphen it to add to my my title is it's, it's radio professional and spigot. I like spigot. Oh, great word. I would call you more of a spigot than a radio professional, but a yeah. little bit of column A, a little
1: bit of column B. Yeah, same thing, really as as someone who works in radio it is the same thing
2: um your pinky i believe is healing moderately well we'll see specialists this week get some actual news about the rehab hopefully
1: jeremy did smash it did we did we say on the pod cast how you broke it
2: i think so i think, so. We I think we <laughs> probably did. baseball worst baseball. sport ever <laughs> <laughs> baseball hurt jeremy <laughs> Last week, I was in kind of the sorrow stage of like, I did this to myself with all my baseball hate. This week, I'm doubling down on my baseball hate. Like this just confirms that baseball deserves all of my ire. You're going to be driving by Comerica Park and
1: a and a long home run is going to smash your car window. <laughs> and the man who's it, going well, to hit we, that...
2: We all, we all know it's not going to get hit by the Tigers. <laughs> the man
1: who is going to hit that home run is Ryan Matthews. is the mother- at Ryan underscore POD, as he goes and shags fly balls to work off the stress of being a newly minted dad. That's right. Daddy <laughs> Daddy Matthews is back. Hello, Ryan. It's good to see oh. you again.
3: Uh, hello. Thank you for that um, wonderful introduction. I will tell you real quick, the most exciting part of my day today was when the roundup showed up to my door from Amazon, and I got to go kill weeds for 30 minutes. Um, got to
1: take that stress out somehow. Got to that- take that stress
3: that, that, was how I, I, that was how I cleansed uh, today, um, but I'm so glad to be back. I missed you, buddy. I missed you. We've got a lot to talk about here because
1: it is the dead of summer. I should know. Uh, it's 104 in the Valley where I live right now. For Europeans, that's 40 degrees. Celsius never just sounds as hot as Fahrenheit. I'm sorry. Uh, but we're going to talk about the NFC North because we've got plenty to do in the off season. I think next week we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk off stream. It's either going to be list cast or someone asked me a Wayback machine, which I know we didn't do this, this year. We'll do one or the other.
2: But we'll, we'll yeah, we'll figure it out. But like I, I, I like this it. week's topic because I feel like at least I've personally just kind of been in a Detroit lines bubble since March essentially. And now we get to kind of, broaden our scope at least a little bit here and look in, inside the division, see what, what happened all in the division and, and where things kind of stand he- heading into training camp. And I think I, I, I wanted to just like frame this conversation about the NFC North back towards the lions. Cause this right. is a lions podcast.
1: And I do want to look, the lions want to improve their, improve their win total. And a lot of that is going to be on a division where their win record has not been great. It's not been great against their divisional rivals. They have, The Lions have improved, but their teams have changed too. And I feel like we need to ask ourselves, the Lions have done a lot of team building, Ryan, like how do they stack up against these three opponents that they're going to be playing across six games? Because I, I'm assuming you're building to negate the strengths of your foes.
3: Yeah, one would think. And um, I, I think all eyes are on the top of the division um, naturally every year. Right. But but situated at the top of that division has been the Green Bay Packers for you know, recent memory. And um, that I, I mean, is, is that where we kick things off? We can start with the Packers.
1: I'm I'm fascinated. And I think next segment, I'll talk about someone who I've heard that people are starting to speculate could take the top of the division. And I don't think it's true, but we should start with the Packers because I think for me on the national stage, as I've listened to a lot of national sports heads talk, a lot of people are starting to wave the flag of death for the Packers because of their loss of Devontae Adams. And we here in the NFC North know (laughs) we wish, but that's probably not going to be the case.
3: Yeah, I I I, I think that's I think that's why we start with the Packers, though, is because the best player in the division left. Like I I, non quarterback. I I think I think it's really easy to say that Devontae Adams was very, very important to that Packers offense, right? And 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 I think that we have spent so much time, everybody has spent so much time talking about the Packers skill positions and how they haven't invested in those well they did this offseason um and you know in light of trading devonte adams and moving on from like i said the best non quarterback uh in this division so uh, th- the packers might look pretty different next year right
2: yeah for sure i mean you, they go out get sammy watkins and say what you will about him but when he's healthy he can be a weapon and then obviously they get christian watson right at the top of the second round there and so i i mean offensively it's it's a big question mark because Devonte adams is a game changer he's a guy that that you know aaron Rodgers could trust and and rely upon and knew he's going to win on one his one-on-ones and even when he didn't Rodgers is able to put it in such a narrow window that Devonte adams is going to catch it or no one's going to catch it and he doesn't have that rapport with these guys yet it, it takes time to develop rapport with these guys yet and christian watson is very much a raw prospect right it, he's got all the physical tools, but he hasn't really shown it on a big stage at small school and in college. It's going to be a big learning curve for him. So I, I I'm still kind of of the belief that Aaron Rodgers is a good enough quarterback that he's going to make this offense hum pretty good. They, they would still run the ball pretty darn well. Um, that's something that they, they did le- well last year that they've really kind of focused more and more upon to kind of complement Aaron Rodgers in a really good way. So I, <clears throat> there's obviously going to be, a step back on offense I'm just not convinced it's going to be that much this is, this is a team that was second in DVOA last year 10th in points scored I think there's still going to be a pretty good offense
1: I want to get to the running game in a second but to, to put a bow on the wide receivers I think his best rec- like the, re- the receiving threats he has the most rapport with right now We could probably argue is Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon who's a tight end Right. So it's coming back from an injury. Yeah. And they've got Randall Cobb, but, and I know Cobb is, was Roger's friend and everything, but, and he's, he pounded the table to get Cobb in green Bay, but Cobb has not been a top threat for them. So they are going to lean towards Sammy Watkins. It's going to be a very different wide receiver room. There's no denying that. I did want to though, talk about that run game because I feel like they're going to lean into that run game. I I, I feel on first blush when I look at this team, I looked at their running numbers last year and like, they were really impressive when it came to running the football. Um, they had a, some sort of uh 30, 34.1% of green Bay's rushing yards and victories came on explosive plays. Um, they're defined as like 10 plus yards. So they lean very heavily on it. Their offensive line is basically built towards, you know, DVOA uh, football outsiders grant grades them very well on ranking for power and stuffing to get to that second level for a lot of their players. And that comes down to Aaron Jones, who's probably the best running back in this division right now. And AJ Dillon, who's proven himself fairly well when he's healthy as a, as a change of down back, like they've got two very good running backs and those guys are also no threat, no slouches in receiving either. So Ryan, I, I, I don't know if I'm not saying they're going to move away from Aaron Rodgers throwing the football. Cause that would be stupid, but I think maybe we could see a more balanced offense out of that this year.
3: Yeah. I, I think, I think the NFC North and the rest of the Packers opponents are going to get a heavy dose of AJ Dillon. I think he's the unsung hero from last season that is going to be further utilized and, and, maybe he might even get more touches out of the backfield I think than Aaron Jones. Like I think Aaron Jones is the guy who sure like dynamic in terms of his ability to both catch the ball and, and, and run the ball. But AJ Dillon by every measure was not just the Packers most efficient running back last year, but like maybe one of the most efficient running backs in all of the NFL. Um, Mina Kimes had a tweet um, earlier this uh, this offseason where she mentioned that A.J. Dillon was first in success rate, and that accounts for both down and distance. He was third in ROE, which is a percentage of runs that exceeded ex- expected value, and he was eighth in DYAR. Um, and and she says that he was also first in uh, rushes where he looked like a human monster truck. Um, which, yeah, which Quads. squads is right. the
1: nickname, yeah.
3: I mean, the guy has his own like Twitter page where it's like AJ Dillon's thighs. Um, (laughs) He's, uh, but, but in all seriousness, right? Like I know we'll talk about how this kind of impacts the lions, but the lions are a team that's really focused on building up their run defense. Right. And yeah, I mean, that that seems to be a point where they're going to have to best the Packers.
1: I, I wanted to kick this to Jeremy on that point. Exactly. Jeremy, like with everything we've seen the lions and I know, I've been about the Lions need to shore up pass rush for a very long time. And I, I, I liked this, the pickup of Hutchinson to help with that, but yeah, talk about like, I, cause I feel like the Lions, it, it, it's going to be a bellwether of their success and how well they do against the Packers this year in games where the Packers aren't resting starters. So how do you like the The, the Lions have wanted to fight the Packers in the trenches. They want to fight them on the run game. How do you see right now, looking at where the Lions roster is right now, how much do you trust that against a, a, like a,
2: a backfield of jones and dillon not a lot <laughs> um right now They're the, the lines were all not right, a good run run defense last year and honestly i think all the improvements they're expecting to make in that uh, that area of their game is dependent on your two jumps from guys, right? Your year two jump from Malim McNeil, your year two jump from Levi Onsarike, a, a year two jump from Derek Barnes. They didn't really improve the in, ins- the interior of that defense that much with, with any significant moves. Now, I think they're better on the edges, right? You get Aiden Hutchinson, who's a good run defender, you get Josh Pascal, who's also a good run defender. Um, and and hopefully you get Romeo Quar back and who's also a, a decent run defender. Um, but up the middle, I think, is still very much a big concern for the Lions. And so, yeah, I think that's a potential mismatch in, in the Packers' favor. But I also want to go back and say, like, this Packers' offensive line is also very much in flux itself. Like, they lost their starting center in, in Lucas Patrick in free agency. They lost Billy Turner, one of their starting tackles, um, I believe, uh, last year. He's a guy that, that played some tackle, some guard. Um, now, they, they have some built in guys that they've been waiting to, to fill those spots, anyways but they're very much unproven guys. And so PFF yeah, I know is very they, high I know they on their offensive a, line.
1: I know they picked up a lineman in the draft, Sean Ryan, but I don't remember if he's interior or outside.
2: Right. Um, he's. He, I think he's also kind of a flexible piece. PFF, for whatever reason, is still very high on their offensive line. I think they ranked him fifth in their preseason rankings. Um, and And listen, like their tackles have been solid they'll, they'll get Bakhtiari back this year who, who missed most of last season um they, they dealt with a lot of injuries there on the offensive line last year but there's still a lot of unproven talent there and so I think I think they may be a little bit more vulnerable maybe they take a, a minor step back um but this this has really been a balanced offense for a very long time and I think Aaron Rodgers just being as good as he has has kind of masked some of that it, It's it's such a balanced offense and so the Lions are really going to have to show the improvement that I think they're, they're banking on from, from their young players this year.
1: Real quick. Do we want to go over like lions offense? I
2: I know the lions offense,
1: it's going to be in flux. And a lot of it's up to Jared Goff, but I know the Packers did lose some pieces pieces. They lost to Darius Smith off the edge, if I recall, and they signed Jaron Reed for the interior of the defensive line. Otherwise, uh, same defense. I mean, they picked up, they picked up what, who was in the first round Quay Walker and who was the other Devonta, Devonta Wyatt, Devonta Wyatt, yeah. Wyatt defensive tackle. So Ryan, do you, like, I don't know, the, the lions had, had the Packers early in that first game last year, they had them on the ropes before everything kind of Aaron Rodgers found the mojo and just took them to hell. But do you think the lions could exploit them on the defense? Like as, as the offense is built right now?
3: I still think the Packers defense is, is a very solid defense. Like I still think that they're probably like a top half of the league defense um, for sure. I mean, you know, losing Zedaria Smith is a punch, but at the same time, Rashawn Gary has really uh, uh, blossomed into one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And then I, I don't think it's a bad route, to success or improvement by drafting two players from Georgia's defense, uh, especially, <laughs> it's you know, <laughs> yeah, especially with, you know, Quay Walker um, being kind of one of those guys that really rose like in the pre-draft process, right? Like he was a guy who was thought about like maybe as a second round pick, and then he ends up moving all the way into the first round. And he's, I mean, I, I think between him and Wyatt, and, and a lot of people viewed Wyatt as, maybe being the guy that you should pick instead of Jordan Davis right. who went, who went, you know, much further you know, much, much higher than he did, but you know, they didn't, they, they missed out on Jair Alexander a lot, lot last season. Um, you know, he only played in a handful of games for you. Yeah. You get, you get him back, you get, you know, a, a couple of young additions uh, to, to the defensive side of the ball. I, I, I and By the way, Zedarius
1: did. only, Zedarius only played one game last year too. So they weren't hurting without
2: mm-hmm. him.
3: Yeah. I mean, I mean, they still got guys like, you know, Preston Smith. Uh, They still got guys up the middle. Um, Devondre
2: Campbell. Yeah. They had a breakout year last year.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I'm blanking on their, their big interior defensive lineman. Kenny Clark. Um, Kenny Clark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this Packers team is still like, I I think they're chock full of like talent. Uh, One of the things that's really held them back though is, is, and, and, you know, this is really just an observation from, from Twitter, but like, it's a lot of like defensive scheme stuff. It's, you know, you know, thing, things of that nature. So
2: who's, who's their defensive coordinator. Anyone need a reminder there? Mm. Mr. Say Joseph it. Barry. Yeah, there you go. Uh Yeah. Well, yeah. I, the, the defense is interesting, right? Because, Packers fans and, and God bless them. They, they love to be overconfident. Nothing think needs this, to
1: bless the Packers. They, fans. They
2: think that this could be a top five defense. And last year by DVOA, they were 22nd. And you, I, you know, I kind of tested the waters of Packers fans and you know why they think it's going to be that sort of jump. They basically say like that DVOA is not represent representative of, of how good they were. They were actually a little bit better. They were 13th in points allowed. So there's, a little bit of legitimacy there, but I don't know. Like it's a solid, I'm with you. It's a top half of the league defense. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a great challenge for this Lions offense that we also have kind of some high hopes for them. Maybe maybe that's actually a good analogy. Like there are some Lions fans that think, think this could be a top 10, top five offense. Those people are probably being a little ridiculous. People think this Packers offense could be top five, top 10. Maybe they're just kind of both top half offenses and, and make for a really good litmus test really for both. Um, because I think you're right. Like they, they, have great players on, on every side of the ball, whether it's Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Devontae Campbell, or Jair, Jair, Alexander. Those are all guys that like pro bowl potential. That's, I mean, that's four or five guys. That, that's, that's almost half your defense. So that's something there. But at the same time, this is also one of the worst run defenses in the league and has consistently been. So even with a guy like Kenny Clark plug, plugging up the middle. So that's something that we know the line's. Are going to try to do against the Packers, something they've they've been successful at in the past. And so I think I think this is a pretty even matchup, honestly, uh, going into 2022.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, again, I, I'm looking back to that game. DeAndre Swift averaged like 4.6 yards per carry in the first game against the Packers that ended Packers 35, Lions 17. Now Jared Goff was your rushing leader in that game, but that was again like
2: with <laughs> button that's I, sick a uh, fake uh he did. what do you call it i don't know yeah don't call it yeah. sick you sick <laughs> it was like a 20 yard run yeah, it, it, it was it was 20 20, a 20 yard, yard, 20 yard you're, you're not like, hold up jeremy is mr i don't like long,
3: i don't like
1: long so i need to take away the 26 yarder. <laughs> well no that. it
2: was one play i'm just talking to one i'm not I saying know, he had yeah.
1: a great rushing day is that he had my one point my, yeah my point is that the lions were doing very well until they got down big and had to move away from the run game oh right So, they were doing, uh, to your point, they were doing well against that run. But I think overall, as we look at the Packers, uh, reports their demise may have been uh, premature from those who know them very well. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about probably the team that wants to be number two that I've heard some national people talk about maybe being the surprise that takes the division. And I just don't see it. And I might need some help seeing it. So, we're going through the NFC North here and how they all stack up against the Lions in kind of a this is kind of like a preview of our divisional first bites for the coming year Jeremy wouldn't you say that's right
2: yeah we're trying to identify we get what... first say before we we first get these biased people to come in and try to tell us their team is good
1: well when we bring in Jonas Knox he will tell us how the bears are bad so <laughs> that's always a fun time but first say before
3: first bite you would say that's right we don't we don't need anybody special to tell us that the bears are going to be bad this <laughs> year. <laughs> we'll get to them later on. We'll
1: be right back on the Friday Detroit POV cast. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit PODcast. We have just finished previewing the Green Bay Packers, and I think it's time now to preview the next team up in the NFC North and how the Lions stack against them in the Minnesota Vikings. This is a team that I think a lot of people are expecting to make, at least from a national stage, from what I've heard, people are expecting the Minnesota Vikings to take I don't know if a big leap is the right way. They won eight games last year, but everyone talks about how there's new division winners every year in the NFL, and I think a lot of people have, because of what we talked about with the with the Packers losing Devonte Adams, it's led a lot of people on the national stage to to think, oh yeah, the, the Minnesota Vikings. That sounds like a good option to upend the Packers. Uh, famously, I heard Colin Cowherd said they would double their win total from last year, which Holland didn't get the notes that they won eight games last year. So they'd be going 16 and one. That's probably not going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I kind of see why I I think, I think Jeremy, a lot of people have looked at the Vikings, diagnosed their problems and somehow come around and said it was a coaching issue, which yeah, like Zimmer's Zimmer schemes were wearing thin, but I don't think, I, I don't think the new coach in here really fixes everything. They have some strengths. We'll get to them in a second. But just what, what's your impression of, you know, the new regime in Minnesota? And can it really change much with their, you know, with, with the schemes that they've had going on?
2: It's a Good question. Um, because I, I feel like the Vikings are about to go through kind of like an identity shift or crisis or something because Kevin O'Connell's a Rams guy. Right. Right. And and an offensive guy where this team has just been defined by their defense for, for so long, even before Mike Zimmer was there, but, but yeah, like Mike, this, this wasn't a good defense last year. It feels like Mike Zimmer was, was losing a hold of that team um, team's identity. And so now they're, they're shifting to be more of an offensive team most likely. And that fits their personnel because they have a lot of really good offensive weapons. Like we don't, I don't need to remind you about Justin Jefferson or Ann Thielen or um, you know, I would argue that the, the best running back uh, in, in the division in uh, in Delvin cook. So I I mean, putting those weapons in a a guy who worked under Sean McVay's hands, it's a little bit scary, but also I think we've learned that maybe not everyone that Sean McVay touches is, is gold. Um, That, 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 that kind of theory that the NFL tested over the past two or three years hasn't, I mean, it's mixed results. It's not, it's not, it's not the Patriots tree, um, but it's also not, you know, a quick and easy fix for, for an offense necessarily. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know where, because, because it feels like there's just going to be such a drastic shift everywhere. I don't expect it all to be figured out this year. I don't expect them to be true contenders for the division. I feel like the Packers are still far and away the better team, even though I do think this team has a fair amount of talent on both sides of the ball, but more specifically on the offense side of the ball.
3: Yeah, the thing about Delvin Cook to me is he's the biggest enigma in the division, um, just because it seems like he's always hurt. It seems like he's always missing games, and it seems like... You know when he's on the field, he's a difference maker. But he's because he's on the
1: when he's when he plays on the field. When in the games he plays, he's on the field seventy five percent of the time.
3: Yeah, I mean a ton. I mean he's just a year removed from having a sixteen touchdown season in twenty twenty and in twenty nineteen, a thirteen touchdown season. I mean twenty twenty he was by far and away the best running back in the NFL. He averaged five yards a carry, hundred on 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 hundred and eleven yards a game and twenty two attempts per game. Like he's one of the few guys in the league that you point to and you say like, he is the workhorse yeah. throwback running back. And, but, but again, like last season missed four games season before that missed a couple games, missed a couple games in 2019, 2018. He, he missed a bunch of time. Um, like he's always missing a few games here and there. And he, as a Lions fan, it's like, I I hope one of those games is when, is when the Lions are playing them because yeah. Uh, again, like we said, the, the Lions run defenses is, is going to be tested like between these two teams, like the, the Packers and the Vikings have very formidable run offenses. And I would not be surprised if if both of them are in the top. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, they're like top 12 run games. Um, I, I know that that would be a huge leap because last season uh, by DVOA standards, the, the Vikings were 25th in the run but it's just going to be really interesting to see what Kevin O'Connell does for that offense, because it seems for all indications, like Justin Jefferson has even been quoted as saying it, um, you know, they're, they're not a run first offense anymore. Like it doesn't seem like that's the mentality. Like they have Justin Jefferson, as Jeremy mentioned, and Adam Thielen, and, and, and they're going to, they're going to use Kirk cousins. I mean, they're paying them. So, it, it, you know, they're, they're going to get some use out of them. So I, I think it all comes back to that point that Jeremy said, like this is a team very much going through an identity, maybe not crisis, but like an identity shift.
2: Yeah.
1: They're going to change what they're, what they're focused on. I'm not sure how I feel about Alexander Madison as the backup to Dalvin cook. I know he averages over four, um, four yards per, I I think last year, what was it? It was, I think he averaged uh, uh, 3.7 last year, excuse me over his career, he's like 4.2 yards per carry, but it's definitely, they want Dalvin cook on the field. But if it isn't run heavy, if it, if it isn't run first, it does bring to the question. You mentioned Justin Jefferson, but that offense has to run through Kirk cousins. And I don't know, like, maybe I'm irrational about this. And I want your takes on Kirk cousins because I don't, I, he's just not a quarterback. I've really looked at and think that's someone I'm afraid of necessarily. He grades very well by pro football focus. I think he, what was he, Jeremy? Last year was like an 88.2 overall.
2: So he's I, good. I think he is perpetually underrated. Um, you know, you can really go by any statistical measure. And over the past five, six years, the guy has been a top 10 quarterback. And granted, he's probably been on the, the lower end of those 10, but he's, he's actually been remarkably consistent as a very good, but not elite quarterback. And that, that just isn't enough for some teams, right? Because Minnesota hasn't had a lot of postseason success. There's a whole thing about him not showing up in big moments, big games, which to me is part fact, part fiction. Like it, it's, it's the same thing that Stafford struggled through, right? Is yeah. yeah he it, didn't it, win big games inter- because he doesn't have a good team around him. And a lot of times that was the case with Minnesota. A lot of times he, I mean, he, he had more than Stafford had, right? Like he he's had good defenses. He's had good running games, things like that. But he also has a lot better statistics than Matthew Stafford did in Detroit. So I don't know. I think he's a pretty darn good player. I think the weakness on this offense remains the offensive line. And it's, it's something that they didn't really address too much this offseason. They They do draft Ed Ingram in the second round of guard, but I think there's a lot of questions still on that offensive line. And it's something that, that could, be a major you know a major reason this offense doesn't take the next step right away under Kevin O'Connell
3: sure enough I mean have we, have we talked enough about the defense though
2: no let's I don't think we've touched
3: defense. on the
1: defense yet we were yeah. just getting through the offense so
3: yeah I mean yeah I th- that's where I think the discussion has to go though because you know as Jeremy mentioned for so long it seems like they were the toast of the NFC North when it came to defense and they've lost some pretty uh, who knows if this was the right time to move on from them necessarily. Um, But they're, they're losing some of the old guard, right? I mean, no, no more Anthony Barr Um, Xavier Woods has moved on. Um, Depending on who
1: you ask Xavier Woods, losing him isn't. isn't
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not a negative. That's not a minus. Right. Um, But it it seems like they're getting pretty long in the tooth. Um, And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about guys like Harrison Smith Uh, talking about guys
2: like Patrick uh, Peterson.
3: Yeah, Patrick Peterson, who he's probably still
2: 29. Um, (laughs) Even though we all think he's 42. Right, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, Well, they did invest heavily on defense in both free agency and the draft. We mentioned Z'Darrius Smith last segment with the Packers. He went to the Vikings. They picked mm -hmm. up Jordan Hicks at linebacker, and obviously in the draft, they drafted Louis Seen, who I know Lions fans were really hoping to get. And I know they invested, what was it, Andrew Booth in the second round, another cornerback. They invested in their back in their uh, defensive backs pretty heavily in the draft.
3: They did. And I, I still think, though, like this defense will probably go as Daniil Hunter goes. Like Daniil Hunter has proven to be, when he's on the field, I, I, I'm not sure like what kind of cap to put on it, but like a top five pass rusher. Like yeah. that, that's the kind of difference that that guy makes but it's about health and it's about the greatest ability and adding Zabaria Smith though, like, it seems like they're, I mean, it seems like they're investing in what you said, Chris, like the defensive backfield in quarterbacks and pass rushers. Like, it seems like that's where they're doing their business. And, and that's where the, you know, that's where, that's where defenses are trending nowadays. So it seems like smart moves. Um, but like I said, I just don't know. Like some of these guys in the defensive backfield are, are getting kind of old. That are that are predicted to have huge roles. Patrick Peterson is your number one cornerback. Harrison Smith is your like he's the the de facto like you know leader of the safety group. Yeah. Um, I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm really intrigued because our defense took steps back in in years
2: prior, Jeremy. Right. And and, That's and why I think Zimmer's it's gone. A, it's that you're right. It's that mixture too of like. Not only are you relying on aging veterans, but you're also relying on rookies because Louis Scene is is going to obviously have a starting role. And yeah. I know we 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 all just got done, seemingly just got talk done got done talking about how we would have loved Louis Scene, but the fact remains is rookies don't come out and set the world on fire. They take time. especially not DBs. Listen, like it I'm sure it's gonna be great for him that Harrison Smith is gonna be right there by his side. And, and same with uh, Andrew Booth having Patrick Peterson. I mean, those are great mentors to have. But they're not going to show up and, and, and show out right away. So, I mean, I again, I think you you can see the talent on on pretty much every level of the defense. But it's an aging defense. It's a shifting defense. Um, it's it's again shifting in identity. So I think I think expecting anything other than an average defense from this Minnesota Vikings team, despite the fact that they do have some game changers, um, I think is expecting too much. I think I think there's just too much change happening right now for them to really succeed in a way that, that brings them back into like the, wow, the Vikings defense is, is back to where we expect them to be. Right. And again,
1: looking at their free agency pickups, again, Jordan Hicks, he was cut from the Cardinals is kind of a salary saving move. And Zadarius Smith, we just got done talking about him. He only played what one game last year for the Packers. So his Injuries. health might be, a, what was that? Injuries. Injuries. Yeah. And that's been the case. The, the Vikings for the past few years is a matter of, they get to the finish line and it feels like a bit of a mash unit from them.
2: Yeah. And then so, just to, to bring it back to, you know, we want to compare this to the lions. Like, yeah, I was feel say, like this is a team that they could. And it, 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 I don't want to lions say it got their win against them last year, man. they did win. They really almost got two. they, it, it was what a 56 yard field goal that the Vikings had to kick to, to win the first matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I just, I hate to, I hate to say that like the Lions aerial attack could, could have, you know, take advantage of this because we haven't really seen all the potential that we see in this Lions passing offense yet. Um, we, we expect it to be a lot better, but still has, has to actually happen. But this feels like a team that they could take advantage of if everything clicks on the Lions offense in the way that we we hope it was because they have so many weapons and because I think this, this Viking secondary is going to struggle early on, especially.
1: First blush, looking at this game, if we assume Jared Goff continues, the trend of being comfortable, the offense, it kind of screams – shootout with yeah. the Vikings because both Kirk cousins and golf will have weapons to work with. And the Vikings were what? 24th in points allowed last, last year. Like it's, uh <laughs> could be high scoring, Ryan.
3: It could be high scoring. I, I have one interesting thing that I think ties the Vikings and the lions together uh, that I just want to bring up real quick. And, and it's focused on the lions offense. Somebody uh, on Twitter at BTW numbers um, or BTW, the numbers on Twitter. He mentioned this to me because we had a discussion on the Spotify live Q and a of like, what's the threshold that Jared Goff needs to perform in order to be considered the quarterback moving forward for the lions. And he brought up, he needs to be like Derek Carr level. And I'm wondering if Kirk cousins is also Derek Carr level, because it made a lot of sense to me because Derek Carr level implies a team is going to stick with a level of quarterback that is of Derek Carr's level because they would only regret losing him. Like if they got rid of him, it's really hard to get Derek Carr level quarterback play in the NFL. Sure. And I'm wondering if Kirk Cousins is in that same vein. I mean, you look at like like you said, Jeremy, a lot of the numbers in terms of the advanced statistics, DVOA. It seems like they're always like right in the same like range uh, as far as quarterbacks go. So. That's what I'm wondering is, 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 and this might scare off a lot of Lions fans because I don't think that they think very highly of Kirk Cousins um, and they think rather less of him, but does Jared Goff need to be essentially Kirk Cousins for him to stick around in Detroit?
1: Let me give those ranks real quick. D-Y-A-R, Derek Carr was eight, Cousins was seven. Uh, DVOA, Derek Carr was 11, Cousins was eight. So just, just for context there.
3: Yeah but I mean, you can go back years and years. And I think that, I don't know, like yeah. we'll see. I think a great litmus test this year will be, Hey, Derek Carr has one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL and Devonte Adams. How does that unlock his game? Does it do a lot? Kirk cousins. I mean, he's got weapons. Well, too, I think right? that's,
1: yeah, I think that's a threshold is like you want a quarterback that's going to what you can get really good weapons and the Derek Kirk cousins will unlock the best out of those weapons. He won't take over a game or whatever kind of, winning time juice you want to throw on him, but it's it's a matter of you have incredibly good elite wide receivers and carr slash cousins will get the ball to them.
2: So I'll kick it over to Jeremy who's been waiting on this. Nah, I mean, you you guys kind of covered it there. Like I, I do think I think all of those are are good points. And I do think I do think Derek Carr and and Kirk Cousins are that level of quarterback. That you can build around and build. A, I mean, this. I feel like this is all just kind of repeating what we were saying about Stafford. Where it's just like, build a team around the dude, and he can win you a Super Bowl. I mean, I feel that. I feel
1: the conversation shifted. Like Stafford got hit on the backside, where people still thought you could hit on another Tom Brady type. And I think people have seen, yeah, other quarterbacks like Carr, Cousins, Tannehill. Like, you can make deep runs in the playoffs with these guys.
2: The, the one difference I would say between Stafford, Carr, and then uh, Kirk Cousins is Stafford and Carr both had that reputation of the last, the, the fourth quarter comebacks, right? They, you look at the stats, both of them are really, really high up on them, and both of them are kind of viewed in that clutch manner. That's, Cousins is not. That is what Cousins <laughs> that, is what Kurt, that. that is the anti-Kirk Cousins. And I I like I haven't looked. I mean part at of that too is that their kicking has fallen apart in the worst possible times in sure. playoffs too. Um right, but but that's that's the one thing that really sets you apart because you can have all the good stats but like this is the NFL. Games are going to be close at the end in the fourth quarter and you're going to need to put together a game-winning drive. And I don't think Vikings fans have the confidence that the Cousins is capable of that on a consistent basis where I think I think Raiders fans are are probably pretty comfortable about that Rams fans are pretty comfortable about it Lions fans are a big TBD right now.
3: Speaking of games being close down the stretch and in crunch time let's talk about a team that won't have many of those
1: we're just we're just dumping on them all get in the get in the hate early get in the hate often. and we gotta we have own. a
2: whole yeah we gotta have a whole segment hating on the bears right
1: yeah, yeah. We, we need to get back to the hashtag we own the bears ways it's not been great <laughs> lately but you know what that doesn't the, the record doesn't matter it's it's a state of mind so we're gonna take another break here on the pod cast when we come back yes we saved the worst for last we're gonna <laughs> save that we're gonna talk about the chicago bears this is a lions podcast so we're gonna dish out some facts to you, but at the same time, do not expect us to be unbiased on this one. We're gonna have the veggies, but we're also gonna have some uh, cheese on them too. Just have fun. We'll be right back on the cast. segment here on the pride of detroit pod cast as we do every show we try to read some of the reviews and we'll get into uh the clown car of the nfc north in a second but first we got to read some reviews because we've uh we've blown past 600 reviews jeremy and now we've uh, raised our average on there and uh i see that we also have our traditional greeting from zazu and i have to keep talking until zazu is done that, this is as done as he's going to get for now. <laughs> that's fine. Zazu is very excited to read the reviews.
2: Yes. Um, we actually pushed up to 4.4 stars because of the, the huge influx that pushed us to 6.15 reviews. Yeah, finally undoing some of the damage that's come from over the years of people just saying that Chris should not be here. So <laughs> um, <but> Let's <laughs> keep Zazu, that in. Zazu is, Zazu is very sad. Uh, all right, let's jump into one of them. Snacks Cody gave us five stars. So a great Detroit Lions podcast. Really like listening to the P to POD for Detroit Lions info and news. POD does a good job at covering all aspects of Detroit Lions. Hope that Jeremy, Chris, Ryan stay on POD for a while because they provide a lot of great information. Jeremy is excellent at knowing everything about the Lions, providing correct information. Ryan has that dry comedy aspect. One liners. Hypothetically, a third co-host would bring more fun and energy. Keep up the good work, guys. Five out of five. Well, there's, so there's only two of us. I think a third co host means oh. four. I don't know. Oh,
1: man, that would get crowded.
2: <laughs> that would get crowded. Um, he
1: also spells me with a K for Chris. True. How do, How do you feel you, about that? No. Okay. I think he's talking <laughs> about someone else. <laughs> yeah, like that. Um, should I read these? How here? professional.
2: <laughs> yeah, go for
1: it. All right. Big Game Hunter 2010. 600 reviews, he gives us five stars. What a great podcast. I could not possibly do it justice trying to explain it. Just sit back and figure out why this is the most rated Lions podcast. That is high praise, Ryan, for us. The most rated Lions podcast.
3: I think it's the best moniker that this show will ever have. That's, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long,
1: long road to get to best rated. Highest, uh, most rated, excuse me. Yes. Yes. Skibum 97 leaves us with the words love it. Best Lions podcast out there hands down. From the Spotify Live Pods to the podcast, the PODcast getting to know the draft picks first bite. It's been a fun a super fun escape during the doldrums of the off season. Love the Kool-Aid balance between I mean love the balance between Kool-Aid drinking Ryan, have a good great baby, and the more level-headed Eric. It's much much appreciated. To keep it up. In case for those who don't know, we do do the Spotify live on Saturdays, and it is, a, uh, it is, a, it is a, our big call-in show, and there's a lot of fun to it. Wildly you,
3: popular. Steve. That's
1: how I would describe it. Wild, <laughs> wildly popular, yes. Uh, Jeremy is back. We're on Harper 1418,
2: the last review we will read. Do you want to uh, take that one? Sure, yeah. Uh, title is best podcast out there for lions i've been listening to the podcast since the pandemic and this was the first podcast i found i've been listening to it ever since rarely do i miss an episode they give me all the lines juice i need great writers that go in depth and they know what they are talking about love the pod podcast thanks to all you guys do go lions appreciate that love it thanks and, and keep them coming guys we'll we'll continue to read them as they come in and we, we've got quite a queue, so it might take us a while to get we to do. Here, I, we, I feel uh, bad. We'll get I, to feel, them.
1: I feel bad that we're not going to read the fifth one that we ha- the next one up because it's about uh, living in Chicago because we're going, that would be a great segue because we're going there right now to talk about the Chicago bears. And this is a, I don't even know where to begin on the bears. I really don't. It's hard for me to look at the team and I'm trying to be as fair as I can without pulling out my usual haterade for other sports towns, especially for Chicago. But it's hard for me to look at the the bears right now. And yes, they did jettison Matt Nagy. Yes. They have brand new coaching staff, but I don't know where to start with them right now, because as far as I know, Jeremy, they haven't finalized their starting offensive line. I'm trying to still figure out what they're doing with defense and how many parts they've, they're, they're missing now and what they've, they've stood to replace them. And then how we even feel about Justin Fields for a second season. So
2: dealer's choice. Why don't you let us know where we're going to go first, Uh, man, it's, it's a combination of all those things, because I think unlike the Vikings who obviously also went through a coaching and GM change, but I think they took a more measured approach in terms of their personnel, not changing that much, not shifting their identity, maybe as much. I think the bears are hitting the reset button hard. And I think they're doing a lot of the things that the Lions did last year is they got rid of their coach that thought he was a genius on one side of the ball, but failed immensely and are just trying to get everything back to a stable position. And, I don't think the culture in in Chicago was as bad as it was in Detroit or anything like that. But I think they're just like, we, we got to pretend we got to take our lumps for a year or two and, and just figure things out. And so I think, you know, they, they lose some major pieces in Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, even Tariq Cohen, Danny Trevathan, Alan Alan Robinson, like all these guys who have been staples in Chicago for so long and good players for them guys that are fear are gone and they didn't replace them with guys that are necessarily all that scary. And I I think, I mean, we got to start at the quarterback here, right? Because I think the big criticism for Chicago's off season is that they have left Justin Fields in just a rough situation.
1: That offensive line was ranked 31st by pro football focus last year. The only thing they've added is a new center in Lewis in Lucas Patrick. Right. And that's, and again, word out of Chicago is they don't even know who to start. Like, out of coming out of camp, right? Uh, coming out of summer camp right now, they still have not finalized starters on that offensive line.
3: <laughs> and I mean, Darnell Mooney is their number one wide receiver. Right. That's uh, and what number not, two is is who? <laughs> Byron Pringle.
1: Equ, Equanimius Saint Brown, Amon Ra's brother, maybe. I don't think I don't think it is. I think it's Byron Pringle, but. I think for me, it starts the offensive line like this. This was a because I, I, Ryan, I don't know what Justin Fields is going to be. It's it's still it's a second year for a quarterback. He's well vaunted. But as I, I keep repeatedly bringing up one of the big criticisms for him coming out of college was his awareness when the pocket collapses on him. And you're putting him up with an offensive line that was one of the was one of the worst in the league last year. And again, the only real thing they
3: did was go and pick up a new center. Yeah. I mean, in the division too, I mean, Lucas, you know, Lucas Patrick came from, came from green Bay, which is an interesting uh, change of scenery for, for him. But I mean, they they drafted Tevin Jenkins uh, high uh, in last year's draft and he had back problems and we'll see, we'll see if that ship can, can come to port, but like, I mean, Sam Mustafer, uh, Cody Whitehair is a guy who like flashed early on, but has really, his play has dipped in, in a big way. Um, Larry I, Boreham I mean, on the right tackle. Yeah. I. To, to be honest, they, I mean, they're, they're lacking so much in everything, but, Justin Fields like that is the only thing that seems like if their offense is going to work that's the only way that you convince me that their offense is going to be of note is because Justin Fields is going to pull this lifeless offense to anything of relevance and there is nothing about what I saw last year from Justin Fields that indicates to me that he is going to be capable of doing that in year two and that's not a knock on Justin Fields that's a knock on just the absolute dearth of talent that this offense has quarterbacks can't save everything. They can't save everything. They can't do it alone. No, no, not by any means. And, and, and it's not like anything about their run game is anything exemplary. I mean like, yeah, David Montgomery is like a fine running back, but I, I think that as we can see in the NFL, like running backs are about as good as their offensive lines are. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on anything about this bears offense, but I think, I think we're burying the the, the lead in this. Like Jeremy kind of just washed over Cleo Mack. Cleo Mack is, I mean, for the past, however many seasons he's been in Chicago, he's been. It, it, outside of Aaron Donald, the best guy at getting to the quarterback in the NFL and the bears could only muster up a second round pick for him. Like, I mean, yeah, they, they, they got a, you know, a, a twenty. Uh, a 2022 second round pick that ended up becoming Jaquan Brisker, somebody who was, you know, highly touted and, and highly sought after for a lot of Lions fans. But I mean, that, that's it. In and in a 2023 six round selection, like that's all you got in return for Khalil Mack. Seems it's, like not, not the greatest return for one of the best defensive players in the NFL.
2: Yeah. I mean, age, age catches up with you a little bit and I think he's, probably on the downswing of his career, but yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, that's the off season, right. He's just losing those key pieces to the bears defense that had been so vaunted for so long, which I, throw threw Danny Trevathan right in there. I know he wasn't playing kind of at the level that, that he was at his peak, but he's a guy that, that terrorized the Lions for a while. Same with Eddie Goldman, one of the best interior defenders mm-hmm. now gone. And so, yeah, the, I mean, and that's the thing too, is like Eberflus really good defensive coach, but not exactly going to be dealing with some of the players that he had in, in, in Indy. And again, like, I hate to keep taking it back to the offense, but now you got an offensive, a defensive minded head coach, your offensive coordinator, Luke Getzey, is a first time offensive coordinator and you have no one around. Like I get that you're rebuilding. I get that. This is a You're going to treat this essentially as Justin Fields rookie season. You have to, right? You can't. You cannot possibly come closer to figuring out whether Justin Fields is is your guide this year. You have to just be like, listen, it's a new system, it's a bunch of new receivers, not a great offensive line, not a great set of of, of skill position players. We have to treat this like we're start. We're building something from square one here.
3: It's it's the exact inverse situation that is happening in Detroit. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are talking up. Detroit has all of the skill position players they could possibly put together on an offense to make it successful. They have an offensive line that is supposed to be one of the best in the league. And you look across, you look across the lake to Chicago and it's, it's not, it's not that. No. Besides Justin field, their most talented
1: offensive piece is whole Kmet, baby. If
3: Cole Komet pans out, I mean,
1: this I is Montgomery just a... is
2: kind of okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I don't know.
1: It's so, I mean, I, I will say I'm trying to find the upside for the bears. I mean, they still have Roquan Smith. It's still a foundational part of that defense there. Sure. I don't want to take that away from them. It's still a defensive line that it's not terrible. It's, can we say is it good
3: is the defense is the is the front is the front four good uh, dude it, it it's it's another changing of the guard like jeremy said yeah. i mean like no khalil mac no akeem hicks i mean the, Goldman. yeah the the bears are really just transitioning right now and it's like i i, I don't know if it'll be any good and i don't want to I don't know if I I, I don't think that inclines me to think like, oh, they'll be good because they were good in yesteryears and they brought in a defensive minded head coach who, by the way, you you talk Jeremy about the offensive coordinator being a a first time, you know, OC Eberflus has never been a head coach at any level. True. Yeah. I I mean, just a lot of inexperience. I mean, Ryan Poles seems like he's having a, a rough onboarding, experience as well as general
2: manager yeah it's tough and and to to, like i'm trying to find a strength in this team and it certainly isn't the secondary i mean they they, they got eddie jackson which is is really good and and we mentioned they they double dipped in the secondary in in the draft in in kyler gordon and jaquan brisker but they're requiring both those guys to probably start jalen johnson hasn't lived quite up to his, his draft billing and pff has got them 31st going into the season, their, their defensive backfield, which doesn't, doesn't feel like a lie. It feels like a no-lies detective because when you're starting two rookies, you're going to be in for some bumps and bruises.
1: So let me ask this to bring this back to the Lions. What's the one area the Lions have improved the most that will make the most impact playing the Bears? Because we say all this and we look at the Bears and we absolutely see a team in disarray. And yet last year, they trounced they, they, they got on the Lions both times. Like there, there was no,
2: (laughs) well, the second one was close. The the second
1: one was close. And that was that the game where uh, that That was, that that was a Thanksgiving with the Aaron Glenn's double timeout. Yeah. 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 But still like Dalvin cook, I mean, excuse me, not Dalvin cook, Justin Fields played good in both those games. And I feel like a lot of that was probably due to a lack of pass rush from the lions. There was a lack of just not, not just pass rush quarterback pressure in general, to force him to get the ball out. So have the lions improved on their pass rush enough where you feel confident again about them going up against the bears. It's
2: a good question because again, like the same as kind of our Packers discussion, I don't have a ton of faith in this defense until I see it. So could in, in a lot of ways in which the lines have always kind of been the get right game for opposing quarterbacks over the past four or five years. Yeah. I, it could happen again this year. I think we're we're hoping that Aiden Hutchinson's addition will, will help a lot with that. We hope that maybe Romeo Quar is healthy by by midseason and and, and can help out with that. Josh Pascal and you know all the the year two improvements in, in the secondary you're hoping for, but you know it's certainly capable. I mean, you you put in our notes here. Like I I was kind of surprised to see it, but absolutely true. Like Darnell Mooney had 125 yards in each game he paid, played against the Lions, and he only catches. crossed. Yeah, and he only crossed over a hundred yards four times last season. So half of those times were against the Detroit Lions, and there's still a lot of questions with the Lions secondary. A lot of questions with the Lions secondary, and so as much as we want to hate on the Bears, like there there are just as many questions about the Lions defense that could open up a you know a valley where I think you could see the Bears see somewhat success on offense, despite the fact that the I mean. Darnell Mooney obviously had some Allen Robinson to to take away some, some of the the heat off him a little bit, but so without that, will he be as effective? Probably not, but still like Detroit needs to figure things out on their own. Yeah.
3: The, the, the only, just looking at the bears roster, I forgot. I forgot about Robert Quinn. Yeah. I mean, just, but he's like the ultimate, like he's here and then he's not their player. You know what I mean? Like, he, he had a season in uh, St. Louis with the Rams where he had 19 sacks. He was fourth in defensive player of the year voting. He was AP all first team. And then like two seasons later, he has five sacks and then four sacks. And then he goes to Miami and then he goes to Dallas. But I mean, last year with Chicago. He had 18 and a half sacks. Jeez. He was a pro bowl player. He was on the AP second team, but it's like, can he do that again and do that with, you know, I mean, Cleo Mack missed a lot of time last year, but like, can he do that without a lot of the the, the pieces that they have had on defense? Like you mentioned, Jeremy, Eddie, Eddie Goldman and, you know, Keem Hicks and, and then those guys. So I, I think when you look at a matchup between the Lions and the Bears, I think that for whatever Chicago can accomplish on offense against the Lions defense, the Lions offense should be able to accomplish more against the Chicago Bears defense. I think that that's kind of where yeah. I see things as they stand right now.
2: That's that's where I was going to say too because I I feel like this Lions team on paper can hang 30 on them easily each time. I feel because like the it, offensive if, line. Yep. Yeah, if 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 Robert Quinn is like your biggest weapon, well the Lions have a pretty damn good set of offensive tackles that that can neutralize that.
1: Yeah. I feel like this game, the offensive line, I mean, these games should be ones where the offensive line should be able to push their line around and establish I, I hate these words, but you know, what's coming, establish the run. This is a game where you could absolutely just establish the ground. Like, yes, you have to deal with Roquan Smith, you know, sniffing you out. But other than that, like, there's no, like, as you say, like, there's nobody on that defense. I really fear right
2: now, besides Roquan Smith and he's a linebacker. And to go along with that, Every, really every team in the NFC North really struggled to defend the run last year. The Yeah, the according to to PFF and their grades, the Bears were 31st in run defense. We we talked about the the Packers 28th in DVOA run defense. Even even that Vikings defense that had been so like that had been their calling card is, is run defense, they were 25th in DVOA. And so this Lions team that is trying to kind of forge out that identity that that we've talked about with with DeAndre Swift, you know, potentially having a big year, at least schematically. The opportunities are going to be there for him this year. And I think the Bears might be the best example of someone that they can run all over if they figure it out.
1: So let let me throw this to you. The one thing the Lions have to do to beat the Bears
3: in either or both games this year is what, Ryan? One thing. Stop the run. And, and that's, and I think, I think that's twofold. Like they need to stop David Montgomery and they need to stop Justin Fields from ad-libbing and creating beyond structure. And if they can do those two things, I don't see how the bears offense scores more points than the lions offense. So I, I think, I think if they stop the run, then the, the bears don't have a whole lot going for them.
2: Yeah. I, 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 the only thing I was going to add is contain Justin Fields, but you kind of got, Got them both there because yeah. Again, I I just don't see how. I mean, the the Bears just don't have enough people that can cover all of the Lions' weapons. They they hardly have enough that can cover their their top two. So, Lions should put up a lot of points in a game like this, um, theoretically, of course, but. But it's June 27th. But so. it's June 27th. That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll rebound a bit to this. This was a good way to pass the time, as we've kind of alluded to. This is summertime. This is dead period. So this was our chance, and I feel like we've uh, scoured it pretty well. We've at least got our bearings up. We've got we've got cheat sheets now, and all kinds of things to start looking forward to the NFC North.
2: Yeah, I think okay. I think we all agree. Lions first in the division.
3: Unlike okay. the Chicago Bears, we know what to do when we're on a limited situation we know or what were to do you, in where the are season? we going with that <laughs> the, the bear the bears lost practice time and they got fined oh for, that's right for being, I was for say, being was too a, physical there were several teams it feels like every year there's like two or three teams that get hit with that yeah it's just it doesn't look good when it's a first-time head coach and a first-time gm this is this is true this is true
1: yeah well we hope you've enjoyed listening to the private detroit pod cast uh we will once again ask you to continue to rate us so we continue to be the most rated lions podcast on Apple Podcasts. Go over there. Give us five stars. We'll read your reviews. We've got plenty of backlog to get through. Uh, what else is on the slate? We took a week off from first bite. Is the, are we maybe getting that back this week, Jeremy?
2: We should be back on finishing our, our lions pre review, rookie review um, preview. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're just going to talk Talking to the same thing. for a half hour. So you have uh that to look forward to for sure and then we'll have spotify live
1: on the weekends and more fun coming down as we get into summertime here july is almost here which means that that means one more month until camp
2: heck yeah
3: and then it's going to be like drinking from a fire hose because hard knocks is going to happen and it's going to seem like something's happening every day (laughs) that's right we'll have plenty to talk about that until then
1: we're out of here I'm Chris Perfett, Jeremy Reisman, Ryan Matthews. We will see you star side.